0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: it is the weekender uh, it is the weekender neil atkinson steve graves and dan sheard uh, i was worried really with the struggle your surname say it for me Shared. Shared. I said it alright there then well yeah, done exactly uh, what, the uh, definitely one of the hits uh, I uh, also have spoken to Joel Klein about Harry Wilson and the progress he's making at Derby County and we've spoken me and John Gibbons to Becky Ayres about Liverpool Sound City all of that is to come but we in this studio right now are going to have a conversation firstly about Red Star Belgrade's game against Liverpool and we're going to look ahead to Cardiff City's visit to Liverpool uh, both of them are coming up uh, and we will start with the Red Star game and Steve first and foremost it's a conversation about the change of shape really—you can't really talk about the game without talking about the fact that Liverpool, not for the first time uh, in recent memory under Jurgen Klopp, went to something that you can call four-two-three-one, four-two-one-three, four-two-four. Even if you wanted to, Steve, it, it, it's maybe four-two-two-two. But the point is, is that it's that midfield base of two rather than important three in there.
2: Yeah, I, I think it, it helped him solve a lot of problems, or if, if they are problems or not, it, it helped him. Accommodate a lot of different things that he might have wanted to do. Looking at that game, um, getting the an, an attacking four in, in into some in, in some kind of system that would work, uh, giving giving Shakira games so sort of both systemically and in terms of personnel. People like Fabinho, a natural game for Fabinho to slot into. It started. I think Fabinho's position was interesting because it kind of started like very much like a, a two a defensive midfield two sort of two sixes if you like. Uh, it felt like almost as he grew into the game and, and his performance level just just went through the roof. Really, then and, then and Rinaldo was doing a little bit less of that, or maybe just maybe a bit less conspicuously doing some of that. Um, and then, and then it became a little bit more fluid. I think it was it was fluid throughout, really. But it but it suited, seemed to suit everybody. It seemed to be a system that was mainly round pegs in round holes, or square pegs in square holes, or whichever way around you want to you want to see it. And that made the team just. It, it, it felt like the team flowed into flowed together. It didn't feel like three departments. It felt like a really fluid
1: sort of system for the first time in in a while. I think it's. He says for the first time in a while, Liverpool went been 3-0 up a half-time against Southampton, down with the same from four that they currently had. And the manager then sub Shaqiri at half-time because he didn't like what he was seeing in terms of what it was doing to the team shape. It's interesting that it's the same front four, but they're in different places. It's uh, against Southampton, I think it was it was Firmino left, it was Mane right, it was Salah up top. He's the only one who's constant. And it was Shaqiri in behind. Here, he puts Firmino in behind, he puts Shaqiri off the right and Mane off the left. And I just thought that, that when Steve's saying there, you know, the, the square pegs and square holes or whichever way you want to go round... You did get to see that, didn't you? You got to see them be a little bit patient and then you got to see them settle and then you got to see them flow.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And um, as Steve said, Fabino started off quite a little bit deeper um, and then sort of grew into the game and pushed forward. And I think when they start, they gave everything in the first 20 with bodies on the line, Red Star, before... The, the quality just started to show and then Salah and Mane and Firmino were picking the balls up in the areas that they'd normally want to pick the ball up in instead of picking it up deeper and carrying it. And I do think it, it made a difference, the slight tweak of putting Firmino through the middle and Shaqiri more he, he seems to operate better from wide areas, I think, he, um, and it kind of showed yesterday.
1: It's a bit of a reminder, Steve, that at times footballers start in positions and where they end up and where they do their best business is a better thing Dan's right there about Shaqiri he looks better coming outside to in than starting inside and then maybe having to go out to mm-hmm. find a little bit of space he's better it seems like he's better when he when he, when he cuts in towards the centre of the pitch than the idea that he starts in the centre of the pitch maybe mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's true of a lot of players I think it's something that you, you mentioned the Firmino
2: Thing uh, with him starting on very much on the left against Southampton, I, I don't think that's his game at all. I, I think I just don't ever want to see him play there. Really, it, 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 he's a he's a great footballer. You know, that I'd, I'd 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 like to you know I'd, I'd watch him play wherever he was playing. But I just think he's so it limits him so much when you put him there. I think it the the Southampton formation it felt very much partly accommodating Shaqiri, but mainly accommodating whether it was accommodating Salah because Salah wanted to play number nine or whether it was because Clock wanted to make some kind of point around that, I'm not sure, but it felt like this was just a much better fit for Solara's number nine, a much better fit for Firmino, and absolutely much better fit for Shakirian. and you can see, even though Shaqiri obviously influences that Southampton game, he does it in a much, he, you know, he still has the, all of the end product in this game, if not more. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as being much more disciplined, much more tactically aware. Some of that's because he's probably just bedded in a little bit more, but also I think the, the position just suited him much more.
1: There was numbers in the box, Dan. That's one of my takeaways. Almost like because I was I was sitting in a different spec. I was in the lo- I was in the middle main um, towards the Anfield Road, and I was almost in line with the first goal. And almost like a freeze frame in my head when when uh, when Robertson's looking to to, to pull back. is almost God. There's a lot of red shirts. There's a lot of red shirts pretty close to that, 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 that penalty spot and, and Firmino you know, ends up converting it but it was good to see those numbers in the box I think
3: Yeah and I think that's been one of the issues so far this season that we haven't fluidly attacked and throwing numbers at, at, I do think part of it is um, we played everyone in the Premier League last season, they sort of get a little bit more wise and realise what we're going to throw at them and Red Star turn up and try the very best but we just run at them um, and it, we have the much more freedom with Fabinho and Adam sitting deeper and allowing those front players to have the sort of free again freedom yeah just to work those spaces
1: The, the why is after last season Steve thing mm. I'm, I'm intrigued by this now as to for instance I think we'll see this shape again against Cardiff we may not see it against Arsenal he may go back to <laughs> To almost what we can call the European shape from the end of last season against Arsenal but I think we might see a lot of this between now and Christmas because f- firstly because people haven't faced it before maybe but also I think it doesn't just suit the lads who start this game against Red Star but it also suited I thought Lalana and yep. Sturridge when they came on it's like it, it helps them rotate it helps them make subs yeah and and there's there's the, the challenge of winning these
2: games that are before us which this system I think helps I think there's also the challenge of Finding ways to not have to play the front three altogether all the time, and, and making sure they get fully rested. I think you can; it, it helps. You can absolutely see that the, the way storage, for example, could fit into two positions in this in this system if he's going to play on Saturday. And I think the the point about Red Star perhaps being a little bit naive coming in is a good one, and I think it is just slightly dampening down the enthusiasm. <laughs> Which I'm not in the business of doing, but I think there is. It, it is worth bearing in mind, I suppose, that this is this was a side that, that clearly weren't set up to play against someone they're not used to. I mean, Phil Bundle's made this point quite a lot. I think that then they're not set up to play against sides who are better than them, or you know, who are anything like able to offer a real challenge to them in a way that, whereas you know, Cardiff very much are. And I think there will be there'll be completely different challenges. But the system. And the flexibility the system offers feels like your best bet to,
1: to sort of harness that and go forward. Um, go back to you on that, Steve, and, and the idea of, of what, what happens in that second half and uh, with, with the substitutes as well. And with... I think for the first time you got to see Liverpool enjoy themselves and I mean that in the context mm. of, you know, they they played excellent football at times against Paris Saint Germain, they beat Tottenham. But it felt like there was that there was a little bit of that Joy de Vivre that we saw at times last season began to manifest. And I don't think it's even as simple as as simple as well we're winning, you know, so therefore it's more of a laugh or we're winning relatively comfortably. You just saw footballers step up and beyond the task and Fabinho I think is the, the main example of someone who suddenly realised I'm allowed to enjoy this, I'm Yeah, yeah there was players trying things, I mean it, it, the, cushion, the cushion that the goals give you
2: allow you to do that a little bit but I think it it was nice to see that Liverpool didn't just wind down, I think there's, there's been a couple of games and quite rightly in Southampton's probably one of them where Liverpool just went we'll take everything out of this game now, there's, there's no interest here, we, we just conserve our legs, we conserve our energy, we've got bigger challenges ahead. It felt a little bit more like Last night, that whether it was from the manager, whether it was something that developed among the players, they they decided to just cut loose a little bit and just just enjoy themselves. Not not in a sort of hell for leather. We have to score seven or eight kind of way. Not just a little sort of way. Yeah, either. no, no, it wasn't. It was the, the little extra pass. I think the, the substitutions help because they're footballers who come on. With an abundance of flair, footballers who want to come on and impress, you and to Moreno there. You know, one thing you can say for Roberto Moreno is he wants to come on a football pitch and impress you with his football, um, which is <laughs> and he's not always capable of doing that. But when but when he when he does when you know him and I think Lallana helped make sense of him a little bit as well. Uh, the little sort of interchange they had towards the end with the back heel was lovely. Um, I think there's, just, there's so many things, so many positives to take, and those players who came in those sort of. 2016 players if you like who came in uh, and just expressed themselves it was was nice to see it was nice to see players playing with a smile on their face um and i think you know it's, it's a real sort of validation for the manager of keeping those players around not just just sort of bringing new players in for the sake of it uh, they can really
1: freshen things up a little bit i think um we may need to find a way to play Moreno occasionally. Maybe in just ten minute bursts or fifteen minute bursts Dan, but he's Robertson was so impressive last night and has been long term so impressive. But we surely can't ask him to do this sixty five times a year. There's gonna have to be, you know, I think one of the things that I thought last night gave was you, you began to see the pathway of for instance where Lana gets you know, 15 appearances between now and Christmas where Sturridge gets, you know, we've seen it already with from Sturridge, but where Sturridge can continue to impress and even Moreno can get, even if we're not talking about starts, but he can get blocks of 10, 15, 20 minutes and at least take the pressure off Robertson.
3: Well, he's going to have to, but it, it'd be nice if he could come on a 3 or 4 nil every time, so, <laughs> so you don't have uh, those concerns, but yeah, it's, with Robertson as well and playing full-back for Liverpool, he does so much, it's, it's not sitting in and, you know, yeah, defending your own half he's up and he's down and his kind of character it's built in him to run even harder and more and he knows the crowd responds to that and that's what our fans love to see that it's sort of typical that he's the one who's doing all that running and we've got Albi Moreno to replace him but um, he, he is going to have to get his games ideally you know if we're 3-0 up on the same sort of time on Saturday again maybe if <laughs> There's no other way around it, and we're going to have to roll the dice a couple of times and play him where it's not a guarantee that we're not going to throw the game away. I think. Um, I think there's, like, I get it.
2: I've watched Moreno and I've and I've been, oh, I've been as, as as frustrated by him at times as anyone else. I think it's easy to forget that he's he's not that bad, you know. He's, yeah. he's, as as yep. second choice left backs go in this league, he's not bad at all. It's a little bit like the Mignolet question sometimes. When you like, you can just go to extremes, and you know, oh, we wouldn't get a game for you know for a conference side. And he's absolutely nowhere near. He was on the fringes of the Spain squad when he was at his best. He, he cost a reasonable amount of money, you know. There's this sort of talk about Barcelona. There's talk about Emery fancying him back at Arsenal. Yeah. He, he's not a, he's not a poor footballer by any means. He's not as good as Andy Robertson, and I don't think he will start against Cardiff. I'd be surprised. I think Robertson was taken off for Cardiff rather than for his long-term rotation. I don't think that extra that 15 minutes, or whatever it is, will you know in the long run help his his fitness levels. I think he also Robertson looked brighter than he has. In yeah. the last couple of games and I think that will that will persuade the manager to go again this one in Arsenal and then see where we are with
1: him. Just on, on the Moreno question, Steve, I think one of the things that doesn't help him is so many of Robertson's strength when Robertson play well plays well they sort of contrast with, with Moreno's weaknesses. That oh. You know, that what we've fallen for with Robertson. It, it, Dan's right to mention that he gets the cheers after the hard running. But the reason why people actually like him, it's not like Albi Moreno doesn't get up and down. <laughs> the reason why people like Robertson is because his decision-making seems absolutely spot-on. He seems to have a really level head. So all Concentration. Of those concentration. So all of those strengths mm. are contrasted with what are at least perceived as being Moreno's weaknesses. Definitely. But I think if I'm, if I'm
2: Moreno, I'm also pointing to... The world record signing centre back that he's not really had much chance to play <laughs> alongside, and, and to go, and, and to go, you know, Robertson has had the chance to play recently in a, alongside basically a back three, or becomes a back three when he wants to decide to go, and you'd feel like that actually would suit Moreno really well if you had maybe Van Dijk, Lovren, and and, and Gomez in there, um, so I think he would say, and it, it's really hard this because as the player he is. He's only really going to get his chance when the team is is pretty depleted, and it was. No, it's not unfair to him to say that put him into Liverpool's first eleven, and he, he doesn't look massively out of place. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a, the massive drop off that people would would say it is.
3: To be fair, as well, it is harder coming into it. As, yeah. So if you're playing every week, then you get a rhythm. And well, I think if you
2: can it. if you look at Fabinho's performances in the sort of much changed Chelsea League Cup game, and then in this game yeah. where it's you know he's slotting into the first team. It is head and shoulders And there's other reasons For that But a big part of it Is that these are really good And they help you be better
3: Yeah exactly And Moreno's last performance Was in that same game And it was just A completely changed Back five So yeah You're right It is unfair To not give him a shot With the first team And judge him on that really
1: Um, Other one who's Enjoying playing With the better players And I think the better players is an important sentence possibly so far for what you've seen him in his Liverpool career Steve is Shaqiri Mm. he's settled into I think he's settled in very nicely to the idea that he's there to provide a service that almost that's his that's his role that's his function is that there's these three lads and these three lads are the absolute business and his job is to get them the ball as quickly as possible and in the best possible areas and it's it's so it's so helpful in making that
2: case when they are as good as that three are. You know, the case has been made to Daniel Sturridge, who I think is the hardest person in the world to persuade. He's not the best footballer in that team because <laughs> he probably is. But the, I think you can see that that you know that, that Sturridge is bought into that, and I think that that probably helps as well. That the idea that you know you've you've come from Stoke and you've he's got a huge amount of ability, but he's accepting. You see it in his interviews. He he, he knows that this was a challenge coming in. Um, now we're getting to the point probably where there was that probably you know after seven, eight games you say he'd been underused we're getting to the point where if he gets sort of significant portions of the next two or three games then over that span you'd probably say he'd be been used about as much as he might have expected uh, so you know the, the manager I think he's been lightly raced but he's been he's been primed to come in at just about the right point for him um, yeah I think when he's I guess as well. If he's stepping in for one of those three, you're asking him to be one of them. Whereas if you pl- if you're playing with them, then you know he, he looks around and he goes, "Yeah, I can, I can, I can help you be better. You can help me be better." It, it seemed like it really, really worked, really fired for, for them carrying on from the Huddersfield game. I suppose
1: when when he he did it as well. There's something in. Steve mentioned Sturridge there. There's something that, 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 like, almost in many ways, as as mad as it is, because Shaqiri's influence on the the first two goals is terrific. Almost the bit that pleases me most is Daniel Sturridge putting it on a plate for Sadio Mane in that sort of you know Mane just missed that penalty and here's Daniel and Daniel could himself have a crack. He could do he could do yeah. all sorts cutting down, but he doesn't. Instead, he, he he gives it to Mane. He finds the way to to provide that service. Yeah, yeah, and.
3: I thought he was going to shoot. That he normally will shoot in those sorts of positions, but Mane was the better option, and he slotted them in. And probably good timing. Really, I was watching the interviews afterwards, and they were talking about uh, they were talking to Mane about, oh, you've been having a bit of a dry spell. So that was getting in certain people said So to miss a penalty and then not score again. I think um, yeah, no, it was great that he did just follow it up not long after Sturridge was picking it up deep as well and driving at their defence which I love seeing him do um, he's got he's not just a brilliant finisher I mean you're quite right to say he probably has got an argument to be one of the best natural footballers in the side his touch his um, like game knowledge and
1: his awareness is fantastic and he just put it on a plate for him There's there's something Stephen they changed the shape all three of the front three what we were calling the front three last season score I think that is important for Mane that Mane gets himself onto that score yeah. sheet there Salah gets a goal from open play Mane gets a goal from open play this is the penalty Firmino gets a goal from open play That these are, the, these are our three lads whatever we do these are our three lads to some extent everyone knows that the manager knows that but they themselves they've got moved around they've all done something a little bit different but they've all got their goal I think that's really significant for them It's really significant for them it, it probably
2: as well helps him if he wants to not play them a little bit in the next coming weeks which he might have to is that they don't feel like there's anything missing I think Firmino particularly it it's good to see him looking like he's looking like himself a little bit more uh I never doubted that that would be the case I think we've seen it a couple of times before when he's he's just come back and and not quite being there from either an injury or just just being away for a while so I think uh, I think that's that's complete to be expected I think all of them now can feel like they've put in a, a significant contribution to the start of this season we, we can look at Liverpool have, have had an incredible start to the season and those players have, have carried the weight of goal scoring still while everyone has said that they've not really been anywhere near their best they, they still are absolutely our, our main men um, and th- there's no question about that
1: in any of their minds or in any of their, their teammates minds. Uh, indeed indeed uh, the return game we should have too much for them uh, they themselves need to find a way to play I think that might be difficult they certainly I don't think would want to see uh, I would say Fabinho or Wijnaldum be on that team sheet but I think both will be uh, come then we'll talk about the team sheet for Cardiff in a little while we're also going to talk to Joel Klein about Harry Wilson and what he's up to at Derby and we're talking to Becky Hayes about Sound City it's the weekend that don't go anywhere it is the Anfield Wrap. It is the weekend. I hope you're enjoying the whole show. Uh, this is our little Reds Bet insert. We're partnering with Reds Bet in 2018 here at the Anfield Wrap. They are a bookmaker who give 50% of their profits, i.e. your losses, back to fan-related causes uh, and ideas. Uh, that's what they're about at Reds Bet. the part of Fans Bet as well who look to do the same thing. When you do sign up, if you sign up, uh, and if you have signed up, please make sure you've made clear where where you would like uh, that money to go to. There's a drop-down box is when you say that you're a Liverpool supporter or when you go through Red's Bet to sort all that out. If you're not clear, go to them on Twitter and they will help you out with that. Uh, the Liverpool-related specials then this week, um, they are all uh, pertaining to Liverpool versus Cardiff, obviously, as you would expect. Uh, and I want to go through them one at a time. Uh, there is, uh, first and foremost, with, the, with it being Liverpool versus Cardiff, uh, there is Liverpool to win and over 4.5 goals is 21 to 10. Uh, that is one of the specials. Liverpool to lead after 15 minutes is interesting and 12-5 for Liverpool to leave after 15 minutes uh, that's an interesting bet uh, given the fact that you'd like to think Liverpool are going to start quite quick against Cardiff yet it's worth pointing out Red Star I don't think we are ahead until about the 20th minute mark um Liverpool to score two or more goals in the first half is six to four. Uh, these are all very much tipped in the balance. Obviously, of Liverpool doing very well against Cardiff City um, for a variety of reasons. Really, one because it's the most likely outcome. At least that's what we all hope. Uh, Liverpool to win three nil, three one or three uh, two is sixteen to five. So if you fancy the Reds to score three and win, uh, that one's quite neat. Sits there. Uh, Sadio managed to score from outside the box is nine to two. I don't quite fancy that one at the minute. I'll be honest. I think that you'd expect Sadio to be bursting into the box. It's, he's not shown a desire to curl many, uh, from 20, 22 yards. Instead, I think he'd be more likely to pick one out, uh, someone out in the box or look to carry it if he's got the opportunity to do so. This one though, Roberto Firmino and Mo Salah both to score 19 to 10. Uh, talked on the show about it being nice that all three of them scored the other day and we've seen that in the past that they do like to score as a collective uh, Firmino and Salah both to score you would think if they get selected that one will have something about it uh, Roberto Firmino to score on Liverpool to win 2-0, 2-1 or 3-1 uh, 7-1 and Mo Salah to score Liverpool to win and both teams to score now that's interesting it's 16-5 Liverpool haven't conceded a goal in the league since February uh, since February they've conceded a league goal at Anfield and um, so bear that in mind before you, if you're considering that one. Uh, as I said before, this is not uh, to encourage you to sign up uh, if you don't already gamble. If you do, we'd like to encourage you to go towards Redsbet and do always be gamble aware. That's gamble, begambleaware.org. Uh, we want to promote responsible gambling, so do be responsible in any decisions that you make. And as I say, this isn't trying to promote new behaviour here, the Anfield app with Red's Bet. Uh It's trying to say if you do do this sort of thing, then feel free to get involved with them. Let's get back on with the show. Joined by Joel Klein of Frank Lampard's Derby County podcast fame, Uh, that's what we've all got to refer to Derby County now as Frank Lampard's Derby County, but they are also Harry Wilson's Derby County Joel and before we get on to the goals I want to talk about and ask you about firstly his performances and secondly whereabouts he's played on the pitch, so first and foremost how how has he played in general for Derby beyond the spectacular goals that he keeps scoring?
4: He's been playing well. Um, he started the season uh, and then picked up, picked up an injury. So that sort of, that hampered him a little bit. He, he obviously lost his place because he, he wasn't available for selection. Um, made a few appearances then off the bench. Uh, and he's settled back in recently. He sort of, he's got his pace back in the side. Um, and he's starting to show um, sort of what he can offer. He's uh, really impressed with him in terms of his movement and his mobility. He's got a lovely sort of Nice turn. His balance is really good. Um, and his, his link-up play has been good too. He's starting to... The team's become more settled in recent weeks, and I think I think that affected him initially. Um, I think, like I said, the team wasn't particularly settled, and there's quite a few changes um, going on early doors. And I did wonder whether it was something that the manager was going to sort of stick with, this sort of constant rotation. But I think it was more him trying to find his uh, his best eleven. Um, and it's took a little bit of time to sort of figure that out, uh, but he's done so in the past few weeks. side settled, and there's only a couple of changes each game, which obviously doesn't have too much of an impact. Um, and because of that, the team's sort of um, the team's been better. The sort of the coherence between the players has been better, um, and he's he's really starting to um, show the uh, show the quality that he has. The next part of this,
1: you mentioned there that there's been rotation, chopping and changing from Lampard. It's Interesting that he's playing effectively as part of a four-three-three. But in midfield, I think we as Liverpool supporters would expect him to to be playing and doing a lot of his work in wide areas. But in the in the victory against West Brom, he plays uh, centrally with Mason Mount. Is this is this Lampard sort of? either trying to accommodate an array of attacking talent or is it that he's trying to get his best players in Mountain Wilson is most technically proficient possibly in the middle of the park along with Huddleston who's also hugely technically proficient which way round is he going
4: I think I think it's a bit of both which is obviously sort of the obvious answer but I mean last time was sort of that was more down to an injury route to Craig uh, Craig Bryson who's I think he's started all the games so far so it's, it's kind of been Bryson, Mount, and then either Huddleston or Bradley Johnson sort of in the holding role. So due to his injury, he's, um, he played Wilson um, in the centre, which was, I mean, it's pretty brave really, but I think it's aided with having Huddleston there who's um, who's sort of in a, in a sort of holding role to, who can dictate play is, is really, really effective. I mean, he's, he's never been sort of blessed with mobility or pace but he does have a good brain, and that that that's, um that helps sort of immensely. And I think by having um, Mount and um, Wilson either side of him, it's quite useful, really, because they both find quite um, they both find sort of pockets of space. And once they're found, the, with their technical ability, um, it really opens a pitch up. He started um, initially on. On the wing, he's played um, on the left, on the right and he's played, obviously, centrally, um sort of last night. So, he's not really nailed down a position as such. Um, he's, he's sort of uh, moved between uh, between positions and uh, different roles but he's, he's played well in all of them. He's, he's shown qualities in each position and I think... As I mentioned before, like the injury disrupted him a little bit. It didn't really get off to the start that he probably wanted. He didn't have much of an influence. But I think once the size has been settled and he's gotten fitter, I think he's, he's starting to show um, the quality he has. And, you know, he had a good season last year at Haul, and I think we expected probably more from him initially. And I think now we're kind of seeing the player that we thought that we'd, uh, that we'd find.
1: Uh and let's talk about the goals let's talk about the impact that he has in the final third he's genuinely exciting isn't he Joel i mean this is the thing that goal against manchester united is it's almost it's you know it's almost something which if it wasn't him and if it wasn't a free kick say you might just end up saying well he's just hit that and hoped but it's a, just an astonishing way to, to strike the ball and to strike it with such authority and so emphatically, smash it into the far corner. It's it's a truly brilliant goal. But it looks as though he's got that on a pretty regular basis. We've seen it now for Wales. He scores another excellent goal last night against West Brom. You know, goals are the most exciting thing in football, and he's got some of the most exciting goals in football.
4: Yeah, I mean the, the goal against Manu was just it was it was so good. I mean the the flight of that ball was incredible. Um, it's one of those where you kind of see it and it looks so different to any sort of shape of a shot you've seen before and it's not one of those where you think it's just you just don't really understand what's happening until it hits the net and then it was it was so brilliant and I think it's not it's not a fluke because he's done it on numerous occasions and he, he obviously did it for Wales um, I think last week and then even his goal last night is sort of a similar technique he can't, I think what he does he sort of hits the centre of the ball and that sort of makes it fly however it flies but it's it's so it's, because he's doing it frequently you know it's, it, it's, it's a skill it's not it's not chance um, and it's such a good sort of weapon to have I mean set pieces are always are always useful if you've got someone that can take one or can score from one but even I think to an extent I'm sort of more impressed with what he did last night because he kind of used that same technique in open play and he scored from it so he, he's He's got that thing now where he's just a threat and the more the more players like like with threats that you have on the pitch, the better the better off you're gonna be.
1: Uh, that's undoubtedly the case, and it seems as though you know Liverpool. I think they, they try to be quite clever where they send, send, send certain players on loan. But it looks to me as though there's a massive positive for Liverpool in terms of Derby being up at the top of the Championship challenge, and there's an expectation now, isn't there, really, on on Wilson, on Mount? You know, it's not just Wilson on 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 Huddleston on all of those Derby players that week in week out. There's pressure on them to get results because promotion's very possible for this Derby side.
4: Yeah, it's exactly that. I mean, we we expect to be at the top half of the top end of the division not in the top half top end of the division and um, you mentioned sort of like Liverpool are quite so long aren't so picky but they choose carefully where they're going to send the players and it was a bit of a risk sending him to us because whilst we whilst we are expected to be at the top end of the division you never really knew what sort of football would be playing with sort of the manager being a rookie as such so it was it did take a little bit of a punt but um, well, you know, he was at Hall last season in which he was um, obviously at the lower end of the division and he performed well and he really helped get them out of a a lot of trouble last year. So, it kind of makes sense to go to either the top end of this division or the bottom end of the Premier League and sometimes it's better to go in the division below um, because he's obviously guaranteed minutes here uh, which he probably wouldn't get in the Premier League. Um, He'll probably be able to play, play through bad runs of form and get himself out of it rather than Having to um you know sort of make substitute appearances and only have a few minutes here and there, so I think it's really beneficial that he's with us. I think the style of football's really helped him um It's given quite a bit of freedom which is which is which is nice, but it's also in the same in the same way you have a lot of responsibility in that sense because you're being trusted to do for your own game to be effective on um on the opposition so I think I think what they've done, I think it's it's all sort of working out really well now. I think I think with him, he's got to stay injury free, and he's got to just keep producing as he has done in the past few games. But it seems like he's enjoying his football. His, his confidence is high, as is the team's. And I think if we can keep that going, then that's um, that's a really positive thing.
1: Do you think there's the possibility you know Derby looking at the whole of this season the championship is so tight at the top Uh, Leeds uh, currently top on 26 points uh, going right the way down to QPR in 13th I think it's fair to say and and they've got um, that they've got 20 points that's how tight the championship is at this stage but do you think that are you confident that you're in for a really good season from this point onwards you know it's a huge victory against West Brom it was a great win against Sheffield United you go to Middlesbrough on Saturday you know do you think that this Derby side can, can, can keep your interest right the way through the 46 games?
4: I think so. It, 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 the football's exciting. The game we had like last season, we finished six, we were in the playoffs, but it wasn't particularly great. And that was sort of, it was, it was frustrating because we were obviously performing well to an extent because we were at the top end of the division. But it wasn't really that good. And I think that played a big part in it last season, whereas this season, I think what the manager's done is he's kind of united the club. Um, and the players are really on board with it, and the fans are back on board, um, and it all feels like we're pulling in the same direction. and I think that's that's had a really, really big, um, really big impact. So it's encouraging. It's difficult because we've got quite a young squad, so you never know how the form's going to sort of fluctuate through that. But we're doing really well, and it, as I mentioned, um, the football's been really good, and we, there's a lot of talent in the team as so well. I think whilst the side is quite young there's a nice balance between youth and experience and i think i'd like to think that I'd sort of um, set us up well for the for the rest of the uh, rest of the campaign
1: excellent stuff uh if you wanted to watch uh, derby county uh, and harry wilson harry wilson's derby county they go to middlesbrough who currently sit level on points with Leeds at the top of the championship only two points ahead of derby that is twelve thirty on saturday so if you want to get watch that before liverpool see what wilson's up to see how derby are doing it should be a good game uh, the championships always worth your attention uh, thanks very much indeed to joel uh, and let's get back on with the rest of the weekend show Becky Ayres with Neil Atkinson and John Gibbons talking about we're going to talk about loads of things aren't we John we're going to talk about Sound City's reach yeah. around the globe we're going to talk about Sound City in May 2019 which people can begin to get stuck into now but we're going to start off talking about the fact that Becky Ayres is running a festival in uh, in, in the UK uh, she's now CEO of Sound City I've been wanting to get her in to talk about it for ages because there is an issue around representation in the music industry I know Becky's worked on this anyway separately for a while but congratulations
0: thank you very much <laughs>
1: nice. well, that representation thing it's it's across the board isn't it it isn't just a conversation about backstage stuff it's a conversation no. about what's on the stage it's a conversation about every single branch of the music industry there is an issue around representation and I know that you've been working with a couple of organizations to to address that
0: yeah we have actually it's always been something that's very dear to my heart and I think um you know sound city because it's a big Um, champion for new music and emerging talent is such an important platform to help sort of change the status quo really as far as artists are concerned and and you know the industry behind them as well so we've been involved um, with key change which is a big initiative to help Um, women to come to the forefront and actually achieve diversity across um, lineups in terms of gender balance Um, and we've got a pledge to do that by 2020 and we're also involved um, with both both sides now which is a big program in the north to help bring more female entrepreneurs and artists into the industry as
1: well it's something which 2020 is that's your target I think yeah. in general key change you're working towards is 2022 or 2025 the idea of I getting a w-
0: 50-50 it is 2022 actually I've brought it forward probably because in my mind you want it done by to then yourself you It's going to be the
5: change you want to see in the world
0: <laughs> well yeah we wanted to we wanted to we, this year we had a, it was about 45% male to female split um, on the lineup, which we you know which was a, an improvement but I think you know it goes beyond that as well and it goes to people from different ethnic minorities from you know different you know um, different types of gender backgrounds as well um, people from different places in the UK and we're really just keen that it's not always just lots of You know, white male indie guitar bands. Although we do love them as well, because obviously someone's got to. Yeah, (laughs) Um,
1: it is worth as well pointing out to people before we get into the fun stuff, which is isn't it all going to be a massive great party? To say that it is the only real uh, showcase now, an industry event for uh, popular music talent in the north of England. This is now that that that's how front and centre Sound City both is and needs to be for the north.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think you know, Sound City is. It's certainly it's the UK's leading independent festival for new music and the industry conference as well, and that's really you know it's really important as an independent champion. You know we're very much um, you know the, we we work very much with people and artists and a whole infrastructure from the north, and we think that's really important because there's so much. Wonderful stuff that is going on in the north.
1: Infrastructure is really interesting in this, John. I feel as though we've got infrastructure in by the back door, but let's go with it anyway. He uh, I mean, will be pleased. He will be pleased that that infrastructure is something which gets overlooked. I think in terms of, I think everyone in their head has this really romantic notion that basically a band turns up, they get together, whatever genre they're in, they play loads of great music, and suddenly the magic happens, and before you know where you are, oh, you've got some sort of brilliant record deal. That's just basically nonsense, isn't it?
5: Yeah, it's it's much harder than that, and. You know, even even the idea of a record labels changed so much, mm. and and kind of what is a record deal's kind of changed so much from from when I was young. as not tell the old saying that, but it's true. The idea of you know development contracts and you know things like that just kind of don't exist anymore, really. And so, what I've enjoyed about Sound City is is seeing artists kind of grow with Sound City, and I think that's really nice. And there's a couple of artists who were part of um, who were part of this this first announcement of. of of bands in particular who are Red Run Club and Spin, who are going to be playing in in May, who I've seen grow over the last year or two, but also I've seen Sound City's role in them growing, and that's really nice as well, and that's really, it should should be something that Sound City are proud of, and and I'm sure that the bands appreciate in that. Red Room Club have just been out in Korea. And I saw Michael from Red Room Club last night and he was absolutely buzzing off it. And that's something that Sound City had made happen in this idea of showcasing not just Liverpool bands but, but British bands over, the, over in these festivals over there. Spin at the moment are out in Japan and we were just laughing about the mm. the fan base they've got out there. Laughing that sounds wrong, but you know, is it you know, the, it's a nice thing, you know, to say that, you know, spin, really good lads, you you know, and of are out there now and doing this and and they they'll play them bigger stages this year in may than they played last year but then the year before they were probably not even on maybe the sound city f- festival Full, they were probably doing one of the you know the the, the warm-up events and stuff mm. like that and so and so that's very really nice as well and that's when you talk about kind of infrastructure that's something that i think needs bearing in mind in terms of sound city is that unlike maybe other festivals they're not there for three days in in in, in may and then, and then disappear for the year it's all year round it's developing artists it's encouraging artists it's giving someone people it's giving artists something to aim for something to fight for but a realistic goal you've got in there becky uh, you mentioned Korea, you mentioned japan there's dubai as well there's trump
1: so there's new york now as well there's that gateway to those markets that's part of what you've been working on for the last well since i've known you to be honest yeah, which so, is a while, by the way. <laughs>
4: well,
0: no, I, I've actually been involved in Sound City since it started, um, which is now 10 years ago. As a company, and um, we've always been really passionate about helping artists to develop internationally. Because I think often it's seen as a huge thing to go and play overseas and to actually develop fan bases there. But actually, what we've proven with things like you know Red Rum Club, you just mentioned, who played in South Korea, they had they were an unknown band when they went there, but they had fans that were chasing them down the road by the end. And there's a lot of people that knew who they were when they went over. Same with Spin in Japan, they had their 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 CDs are actually in record stores over there because they actually still sell records over in in Japan and they have tower records, which is amazing. So Spin, for example, they've gone over and they've just immediately got a fan base. So for us, it's really important that we open up those opportunities and that we help artists to really develop beyond, like you say, the three days of the festival.
1: On the three days of the festival, this is the second year it's back in the city centre in the Baltic Triangle. Uh, Did you enjoy being back there last year?
0: Yes. It was a really great return to the city. I think we were so lucky to be able to have the the Baltic Triangle as... The canvas for the festival you know when we were back we we had gone out to the North Liverpool docks for a few years and before that we were in the city centre around the rope walks area and to actually um you know the Baltic Triangle at at those times didn't actually exist and so when we came back and we were looking for a new home it was great because the Baltic Triangle's got about 18 venues that are really close to one another it's got lots of different sides of venues and it was just it felt like a real return to the heart of sound city which really is about celebrating new music
1: there is something uh, to let's do the headliners first and foremost saturday night's headliner mabel mm. uh, that's a really interesting booking and it's a booking that is is delight i'm delighted by
0: oh that's Yeah. <laughs> well, if,
1: if we put there's me one, in, there's one tick. if we put me at the center of this i'm absolutely <laughs> delighted mabel's a great book and you, you must be delighted with that
0: I I really am yes because I've seen you know Mabel came onto the scene about three years ago and she's been developing ever since she's got some brilliant collaborations going on she's really a fantastic artist just that's got so much to offer and she's got so much coming up in the next year and so and it's great to have a really strong female headliner that's quite new but she's you know she's selling out shows where she's done them in Manchester and other cities recently so she's yeah we're, I'm personally very very pleased about her
1: i mean there is something in that i just love the practicalities of this you've just said that she you got loads of loads of stuff coming up in the near future you, yeah that's almost how you've got to think haven't you you've got to project that sort of you know we're sitting here talking now in october the tickets go on sale um you've almost got to project that sort of that sort of six eight months ahead as to exactly what it is and and you think there you, you've got a book and that will really grab attention come next april next may
0: yeah so definitely because it is important with artists that you know they've got stuff coming up and mabel is someone that's really you know, she's interesting to a lot of people maybe that wouldn't have come to Sound City previously. And I think that's really key because we know that there's a lot of people that, you know, maybe wouldn't have come before that might be coming this year because of artists like Mabel and Loyal Court. And Loyal Kana, sorry. So that's really exciting for us. But we hope that we can still, we want to appeal to people that are long-term fans of Sound City as well because they are so dear to us and important. And so we, we hope that with the rest of the lineup, you know, we've got people like Louis Berry and the Magic Gang and Red Rum Club that are playing, and then we'll have others to announce. So we want to kind of keep the audience that we've got but also get new people interested too.
5: Yeah, I mean Louis also a really fun booking, and he's going to be involved in, in kind of a few other things going on around Sound City, and someone who's who's obviously got that Liverpool connection, huge Liverpool fan. Where's 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 his, his shirt on stage? Mm. And I think Louis, I'm really pleased to see Louis Berry right up there as well because he's someone who's obviously a, a Liverpool boy. He's, he's a success story of the city, but he's also someone who. Is, it's got a quite a diverse fan base and that, that people who maybe aren't necessarily there mm. you know going to all the gigs and things like that which maybe maybe is, is, is differences it's, and, that, and that's people the sound city should be attracting as well shouldn't it it's not the idea of oh, oh the people who are in the zanzibar every week or whatever it's the idea of it always has been for the whole city and, and i think Louis really kind of you know kind of brings that together
0: Yeah, he's really great.
5: (laughs) Agreements. Uh, Sorry? Just agreements. Full Uh, (laughs) agreements. Loyal is exciting as well. I mean,
1: Loyal's a terrific booking as well, and he will be the business.
0: Yeah, he's amazing, Loyal, because he's got, again, he's just got such... He, you know, people love him for so many different reasons he is a massive Liverpool fan he's also a massive fan of Eric Cantona and so he. lots of people from Manchester love him as well for that reason and he's got lots of he's, a, he's been a model recently he's, he's been involved with lots of brand campaigns he's got some exciting stuff coming up with Sound City as well that we've not announced yet so again he's somebody that we've got lots to talk about in the coming months and he's lovely Oh, I've not met him. so I've I don't not. know. if you not met him? He's lovely. He's, lovely. No. he's
1: done this. Uh, believe <laughs> it or not. He? Yeah, he's done, done this. this slot. <laughs> yeah, he's done this ah. slot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was fantastic. We loved him to pieces. Charmed everybody. And uh, loved talking about the Reds. Uh, I think we'll have him back at some point. We'll have to box that off. Uh, we've got. Uh, I want to go through the rest of the bill here. We've got mm-hmm. Alligator Ben and City, Cousin Cooler, Dancing on Tables, Dayu Bello, Dot Dot. Really interesting booking. Uh, I'll be looking forward to that. Emily Burns, Giant Rocks, Goodies, Harry Miller, Heavy Lungs, Indigo Low. Uh, James uh, Molly Rainford Monks Our Girl Red Rum Club as mentioned uh, Roman Lewis Ryan McMullen Saltwater Sun another really interesting book mm. and Sophie and the Giants uh, spin uh, who are you looking forward to
0: I am really looking forward to SPQR um, they are a fantastic new band well they've been around for a while actually but they're from Wirral and they're doing they're actually um, one of the bands that we've been looking at for quite a while, and they're really they're a three piece, really exciting. Um, I'm really excited about Molly Rainford. I think she's fa- she's fab, and I really love her. And I think all of them really are quite unusual. There's a really unusual sort of quite cross section mix. I think Alligator are going to be exciting. Um, yeah, it's gonna, it's, it's. There's a lot of ones to watch in that list that people maybe don't know yet, but will come the time we'll, that the festival comes around.
1: We'll do our work and let them know about them as well. Uh, thank you very much to Becky for coming. And the tickets for um, for Sound City 2019 uh, on sale. Uh, as you are listening to this uh, or 10am on Friday the 26th of October uh, both of those things will probably be true Uh, (laughs) and the full info can be found here soundcity.uk.com that's all one word soundcity soundcity soundcity.uk.com get your tickets sorted out get down get planning Uh, it's going to be a fabulous weekend in May the 4th and the 5th of May uh, in the Baltic Triangle it will be the absolute business Uh, it's the decent thing to do and congratulations again from Becky uh, to Becky sorry uh, for a new position Uh, she is indeed part Part of John Gibbons' truisms that lots of the best scousers don't come from Liverpool. <laughs> uh, this is the Anfield Wrap, back in a sec. Back with Steve and with Dan. Um, Liverpool versus Cardiff then. Um, there's almost a philosophical question about Neil Warnock and how good a manager he is, Steve, in that I think he's very good at... Get, get, well, the facts are, <laughs> it can be written down as really good at getting sides promoted, really bad at keeping them up. Mm. My... Wonder about this is is he almost too good at getting sides promoted like does he actually get sides promoted who should never really be promoted mm-hmm. and then they are promoted and they've got loads of players who are suited to be in 10th in the championship but he's dragged them up and then what happens is just they've got no momentum first and foremost and there's too much of a golfing class mm-hmm. I think also as well the owners have this weird thing with him
2: where yeah you get him in to bring you up you feel a bit sly to just sack him straight away when you've brought him up but you also go not sure I want to back him with loads of signings in the, you know, he's not going to get the kind of signings that, for example, Fulham made um, over this summer where, you know, rightly or wrongly, Fulham have spent quite a lot of money on some sort of exotic names. You don't feel like those players are going to be suited to him anyway. You don't feel like the board are going to want it. You almost like they're they're, they're expecting to go back down, I suppose, and then they're already planning for championship life again. And yeah, it. it I wouldn't say I have sympathy for Neil Warnock. I'm not sure that's possible, but I think there's a, you have. You, you can understand why it's a little bit frustrating, maybe for him, um, in that he, he he genuinely is good at something in football. Uh, what, yeah? But then when he brings them, when he does bring them up, it's not. It's not even like say the way that Steve Bruce was when Steve Bruce was half okay, in that he could then create a team that would get to you know somewhere in mid table and and frustrate you. I don't feel like oh it's a Neil Warnock in this, I suppose I don't, it's not a Tony Pulis side it's a Neil Warnock side mm-hmm. coming and I'm and I'm expecting us to beat them in a way that I probably wouldn't be quite as much if it was some of those
1: other names there's th- th- there's a flip side which is whilst it hasn't got the sort of the intensity of a Pulis or the strange subtlety at least when he comes to Anfield of a Steve Bruce there is what he asks of them that works in the championship what he's good at getting sides to do is be well organised fight for each other get set plays go from there and that is the flip side of this conversation isn't it Dan that that can only take you so far and maybe just maybe every single time when he's come up it's took him to hit a wall yeah
3: and I think the quality is getting better in the Premier League as well certainly the top six or seven um, mainly six Um, and I think he's going to struggle even more. Well, he's only had one win so far, hasn't he? Um, against Fulham. Against Fulham, yeah, who are also struggling. Um, I think, I suppose he's used to managing a certain type of player as well. And he is good at, the, it's, it's kind of like how Allardyce is a relegation avoider, specialist sort of thing. And then he's you kind of have your niche within football and it's, I don't think he's gonna get much joy on Saturday, let's put it that way. I mean he and I can't really see him lasting much longer either, but as Steve said, it's kinda of like a bit of loyalty that they've got him there. Do they want to give him a shot? And but it's counterintuitive. Maybe he should just stick what he's he's good to and, and, then, and know his limits. But I think he's also you
2: you forget ages in football sometimes. He's he's probably sixty-five 69? Yeah. 69, 69. Yeah. 69 years so, you know, old. This, there's not many more jobs for neil warnock even you know even neil <laughs> warnock even even in the, you know a game where where you can go you, know, you can go into your 70s i suppose but it but it becomes challenging just just on a human level i suppose to do it this well. it's it's hard work it must be exhausting really hard yeah. work and, and and i think no one could say that neil warnock pr- isn't working hard i suspect he is working pretty hard at, at what he does so it, it it's interesting and maybe maybe again I, I, I wouldn't say sad because it couldn't be couldn't be <laughs> sad, but I, the, the, there's just a little bit of a sadness to it in that that you you are good at something, but you can't quite make that next step. But there'd be no point. It's a little bit like you know Hodgson now has got Max Meyer knocking around, and then he doesn't know what to do with him. Just, <laughs> why would you sign? You wouldn't sign Vieto, for example, who almost signed for for Neil Warnock because it's just a waste of time and yeah. and everyone's everyone's energy really. I, I don't know whether Cardiff... You, you say whether he'll be there that long. I don't know whether Cardiff... I don't know enough about them, I suppose, in terms of their mindsets about whether they feel that this is just a season to just enjoy and we'll yeah. go back down and that's okay. Swansea have gone down so we can enjoy being you know, being top dog for a while. <laughs> or whether they genuinely feel like
1: this has got to be, become something. Because if it's got to become something, then you've probably got to lose Neil Warnock. I think it's a double-edged sword, that Steve. I'm intrigued by this. I th- there, there is something in is it a bit of a lap of honor of for Warnock where mm. it is probably his last job and he's got them up and he's going to get his year in the Premier League is that yeah. part one of this is there also was something in I think that you can have the idea of, well, we'll just go with this fella through right the way through the season, we're planning for championship life, but it can become difficult for footballers that you know what I mean? Yeah. If they get if they feel like, well hang on, this is a year of my career and it's pretty joyless this and we're getting beat every week. But the flip side and why I say it's a double edged sword at the minute is if you are cards if you're the card of board, if you're the card of player, if you're the card of supporter, you're able to look at what's down there. You are currently right now seventeenth mm-hmm. and say that the aim is basically to be better than three sides, one of which is Huddersfield, one of which is Newcastle, and the other one could well prove to be full of, yeah. and you've just beat them. Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. And and you could even you know you could even look at Palace. I think where it's slightly potentially on the turn. You you, you could you could say and you know a side maybe a side above that who, who makes a bad managerial decision and, and something goes wrong Definitely
3: there.
2: Maybe well, Burnley, yeah, you know, whisper it, but yeah, the, the potentially or, or even you know, West Ham have, have, have looked like they've started to, to show signs, but they're not pull clear in terms of points. So I I think that Uddersfield and Cardiff are some. Some way apart, so some there's a big gap there, skills wise. I think Newcastle probably have got it up front, but elsewhere they've they've got players of a slightly better quality. I think the, the just the, the fundamental quality of the footballers they've got means that they should absolutely be be dead certs to go down. If either of them do stay up, it'll be a real achievement for them and for for the managers and players involved. Uh, Huddersfield have done it once, and essentially with a very similar group of players. I don't think they can cheat the system again. I think, yeah, if if you're Cardiff, though, you do look at that. I think you... But then if you are doing that, you have to start looking at games a little bit less as a big day out and a little bit more as,
1: can we nick a point? Can we nick something? Which starts to worry me. Um, It starts to worry you, but what I would say as well is that if you are Warnock, what you are also looking at is you're looking at the next two, which are Leicester at home and Brighton at home. Mm. If you're beginning to think like that, you've just got your home win against Fulham. You've got those two there. But the one thing we know will happen, Dan is we're going to get kicked. There's going to be a lot of big tackles. They've got a lad sent off at of Tottenham. They are going to be... We should be going to Anfield. We should be prepared for an aggressive Cardiff side for at least a good duration of the game.
3: If the Spurs game that they played against is anything to go by. Um, yeah, absolutely. And um, not too dissimilar to what the Red Star game was. Certainly for the first 20 minutes, it was, it was all action how many people can we kick and try and stay in this football match. It was
2: quite Steve, Steve Bruce and that they were passing around the bookings at you know at one point I think they, yeah. they were they did seem aware of who was booked and who could kick you. Yeah. Within PNC <laughs> yeah, exactly. essentially. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so it is, it's it's gonna be that type of game. It's sort of can we get at the three points is probably gonna happen almost certainly. It's how many injuries can we avoid or how many <laughs> knocks can
1: we avoid now? That's that's where you start judging how good the game is. There's also going to be something, Steve, where we're going to see a lot of them not wanting the ball to be active. There's yeah. going to be a lot of the ball not being in play. We've got. There's a lot. Of, my point here is there's a lot of things that we've got to almost be like both as a crowd, but us, but the players obviously much more. So I'm sure Klopp will have them drilled. But you know, I always remember Klopp being shocked by what happened when Pulis's West Brom came to Anfield for the mm. first time. He's not played a Neil Warnock team yet, and there's there's, <laughs> there's every chance he's going to very much experience what a Neil Warnock team does to you this week this weekend.
2: Yeah, and uh, you. I don't think there's anything you do in terms of, sort of system or selection to to try and counteract that. It's not like you you just bring in players who are you know who are, who are you less bothered about getting kicked or something. I think we've got a hard team that's well equipped to to deal with that. I don't think there's any there's any shrinking violence in the Liverpool side. Um, I think what you what you would hope for, and I think sort of an underestimated thing about Liverpool for quite a while now, has being the sort of discipline on the pitch. And there's I can't remember the last time I saw a Liverpool player. It wasn't basically Jordan Henderson reacting to very much. I think you know Henderson as captain has done that. I think, but you you see players. It don't feel like people are on short fuses at the minute. Um, I think you know probably going back quite a long way now, and we've got players like like Mane, Firmino who who in the past you've seen do you know do things like that and then really get sparked by something. Feels like Liverpool have got a, a calm, and I think it comes from perhaps it comes from Van Dijk and just flows from him a calmness about about us that. We're not gonna be ruffled by things like that. We're not gonna get drawn into trying to get into kind of wrestling matches with people or, or get sparked into you know, get getting a red card somewhere. And maybe it might speak too soon, but it does doesn't feel like Liverpool are like that anymore. If if we were, it doesn't feel like that's that's there. It feels like it's a team that's composed able to deal with that as, as a kind of reality and I think it's the manager as well uh, you talked about you know the Pulis he, he was almost affronted by the idea that sides could do that and it feels now more that he accepts that it's a thing that will happen he accepts it's part of the way this league works and the way, way a lot of leagues work and something that he's going to have to face and deal with and, and
1: just be better than and we should just be better than them um, we should just be better than them um, do you think he'll stick with the same shape Dan?
3: Uh, I do actually uh, I do, I think it won't be too dissimilar first 20 minutes to the game last night and if you dog it out and keep moving the ball and finding spaces and um, I, th- I think it'll work again and um, yep. the, the golfing class is hopefully going to show through do you think he'll use the same shape wouldn't be surprised
2: if he went almost the same side I think injuries permitting I think he may want to get Milner in the side uh I'm not quite sure where who for I I wouldn't be surprised if he went pretty much as was I know people are talking about a lot of changes for this one I think having the the break not having the League Cup game big break for for the side and, and the first time he's had them together not, not going away on international duty or playing games for a while will, will come this week. So I wonder if he'll, will a semi sort of rehearsal for Arsenal, which may mean that he slightly modifies it. Maybe, maybe I think he may go for the same shape and he may actually look to, to make it more of a 4 3 3 as he goes on, if, as you're right, as you're, I think you're right, Nearly will go with that, that shape at Arsenal it may be that if we get 2-3-0 up we actually go a little bit more defensive which I think people might it might seem a little bit illogical but I think it will just be a, a little bit of a dry run for Arsenal he might want to use it as um, but yeah I think to start the game and win the game yeah
1: um when you say that you're not thinking any changes, I wonder if he might do one of the front three. I sort of, there'll, be, there'll be a voice in his head, Steve, I think, saying, put Milner in, put Milner in. Mm. I think it's actually quite difficult to, off the back of what and Fabinho have just done, to to not want to have a look at that again. He's got a couple of little competing voices, I think. But I, will, I think there will be something in his head saying, put Milner in. Mm. But I think there's every chance that he, he, he does the best he can not to. But it wouldn't surprise me if, if Sturridge or a bit, maybe a bit more of an advanced position. And one of the three doesn't play that maybe he just gives one of the three a rest but then I can imagine that all three of them will want to play having just scored on Wednesday
2: yeah yeah you know, Salah's probably the one who's been most used because Mane's I think that the, the hand injury helps a little bit because it it won't have taken away from his fitness in any other way it just means that he's, he's, he's had a game off um, Firmino you have to feel like he has to get some rhythm now so I'd, I'd be really surprised if he didn't play this game and 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 Try and keep building on that on that rhythm. Um, so Salah probably is your obvious contender to take out, but he's also the one I think he would least like to come out. Uh, so I think I think he'll be really tempted to go with the same three again. We've seen him do it more times, more often than not. I think Klopp gets tempted to do the same again, and once or twice that'll probably be the wrong call. But he'll probably say it's been the right call more times, more often than not.
1: Uh, prediction scoreline Dan?
3: I do think it'll just <clears throat> the gulf is that big from. Us and them. I think it'll be at least three.
2: At least three, Steve. It should be. Uh, y- y- it's you know, there's a puncher's chance, but I don't think there's yeah. there's any any doubt that Liverpool should be able to to score three, four goals against Cardiff and, and hopefully not concede any either. So I think
1: for four nil, four nil. Excellent stuff. Thank you, to Dan, to Steve, uh, to Joel, and to Becky and John as well for chatting away to Becky too. Uh, it's been your weekend of this week. Settle back, relax, have a lovely time. Sports Social Podcast Network.